Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Do you need new clothes? If you're like me, then you certainly do. Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get those clothes. They got everything from hats and beanies to t-shirts and long sleeves to hoodies and windbreakers with more clothing coming soon. My listeners get 10% off using the promo code PLATTE. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. The P is capital. The link is in the description of the podcast shop. Anti-Forever USA today. everyone and welcome back to strictly hoop talk as always i'm your host chris platty and i apologize for the late delay this week in the podcast but you know what i still got to get it up to you so i decided that i i decided to do it better late than never right and bring you back my guest from last week which actually got some great reception was max max how you doing Good, good. How are you? Um, thank you for the kind words. <laughs> I actually <laughs> built my confidence even higher, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, man, you're just like one of those shooters. You know, you just got to keep giving them confidence. You got the green light on this podcast, buddy. You got the green light. Um, so let's let's get into it. Um, you know, this is, something, this is something that I've actually been wanting to talk about for a long time, actually, and it's the eighth seed race in both conferences. Um, you know, I, I've been wanting to break this down forever, uh, just between other things that happened in the NBA, uh, you know, just other storylines kind of distracted us from getting to this point. But now that we're at this point and now that this is this is the right time to talk about it now as we're, we are about roughly five weeks away from the playoffs, Max, um, what, we'll break down each conference. Which conference would you like to start with first, the East or the West? Uh, let's start off with the East because I feel like the set, the seventh and eighth, since uh, there's a tie for that, is going to come into play too. As in the West, there's only uh, there's only one spot left, which is the eighth. So we should start with the East. You're, and you know, because my Knicks are probably out of it, but your Pistons, <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> yeah, man, they're um they're they're getting they're they're improving they're improving um. Six and four in their last ten. You know that's one of the that's one of the better records in the Eastern Conference since outside of outside of Miami, who's been red hot. Milwaukee's actually picked up some steam, um, as well as of course the teams you'd expect near the top, Cleveland and Washington, also around that around that same win percentage in the last ten games. But yeah, Detroit Detroit is coming together and. We'll start with them because they're very interesting, right? Like last year, they're the A seed, and they arguably, outside of Toronto, give Cleveland the most. Um, outside of Golden State, rather, give Cleveland the most run for their money. I mean, Toronto got two games on them, but you could tell that they were just kind of toying with Toronto. And Detroit played them hard for four games, or three of the four games got blown out one game, but every other game was close. So they looked like a team that was just that was just you know, really on the verge of doing something and they have such a young core, you know, you expected that if all those guys took the next step, they would get, they would be a really good team. And some people were even taking the 12 to one odds that Detroit would finish with the fir- the best conference or the best record in the Eastern conference. So, um, Max, I got to I got to ask you, um, what, what went wrong? And now, now, now that they now that they've kind of went through their hardship and they're kind of rebounding, um, what in your eyes went wrong first? And then um, now, what do you see differently? I think uh, you told because since you know these are your Pistons, you told me a good um, 
thing about Reggie Jackson when he was, I think he had like uh, knee tendonitis to start yes. the season. And when we talked, you told me like you didn't think that it, you think it would hurt the team big because full a full healthy Reggie Jackson is better than a, a hobbled one, and you thought that would make them struggle. So I think Reggie Jackson being in and out of the lineup um, didn't um, affected them really bad. Even though I like Ish Smith, and I think that he's actually been great and filling in for Reggie Jackson. I still think you need to be deep uh, to, to make a deep run or to be good and to have that common chord and that chemistry to play uh, and be and be together so it can just click when it finally does. So I think that has something to do with it because honestly, like when I look at the Pistons and I see Pope who's actually having a great year and he's going to be a restricted free agent after this, so he's going to get big money. And Drummond, who's a double-double machine and uh, could give you 20 boards, I, I honestly think also the, the play of Stanley Johnson, who I thought after seeing him in the playoffs last year, challenging LeBron, and defend, and he's a six, he's six seven. He, he's a big body for the small forwards, shooting guard, and he can shoot. I thought he would be a lot better. I actually thought like he would have a great sophomore season, and it, he hasn't really panned out. Because I honestly think they're deep. I like that they picked up Baines, who I thought would be a good backup center. And I, I I don't know exactly what went wrong because Stan Van Gundy to me is a good coach, and Marcus Morris is a good player. I just I I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, but maybe it's the injury to Reggie Jackson. Yeah, you know I I think that's I think that's a huge starting point for it because um, Stan Van Gundy's offense and you know it is whether whether you want to compare Drummond to Dwight or not he's running the same style offense which is built around the pick and roll between the point guard and the center so the point guard is such a huge part of the offense I mean you could even argue that just from a pure importance standpoint Reggie's impact is more valuable than even Andre Drummond's and so um so so without with Reggie struggling it's forced them to rely on iso balls from Marcus Morris uh some pick and roll with KCP and and some uh some more ISO with with Tobias Harris and so they they that's really been the majority of their offense because Drummond still isn't a great post scorer at this point. I'm not ready to abandon ship on it, but um but again, he's not he's not elite by any means from scoring from the post, so he's not a go-to option down there. Um he's basically just a lob threat and he gets his points off lobs and and uh cleanups. So that that's where I see offensively I see the issue and then of course defensively you um Drummond just has not taken that next step to be a defender he's so he's got the he's got the athleticism and everything he's just I I don't know what it, I don't know what it is I think it's just I think it's just something between the ears that he's got to get right and and lock in on defense uh that's just my that's just my observation from afar and the and the metrics prove it I mean He's uh, he's been annually almost every year dead one a dead last amongst starting centers in terms of rim protection and even behind most backups. So he hasn't been a great rim protector. Now part of that is the fact that he's really only got for 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 reliable perimeter defense. All he's got is Pope. Uh, he does, Reggie Jackson's not stand out. Morris doesn't stand out. Neither is Tobias. So these guys that um, Drummond's playing with are not great defensive players by any means. So maybe that's part of the flaw as well and Drummond always having to step up but that th- those are those are two of the issues I see and one thing you hit on in particular that I really like is Stanley Johnson and Stanley Johnson to me is just this kid uh you know I I was with you Max after the, after that first round series you know he's talking smack to LeBron he's playing hard LeBron was still you know obviously doing LeBron on him and everything but Stanley wasn't making it easy for LeBron even though I believe there's one game where um, where he, LeBron shot like nine for nine against Stanley, so like even though LeBron was still schooling him, you, you liked the hustle, you liked the heart, and you and you saw the effort, and you're just like, wow, this kid can be something. Like you said, he's got that he's got that frame to play a little bit of bully ball at the three or the two, and so you know it's just with him, man. Um, obviously, you can't give up because he's 20 years old, uh, so he's he's far from a finished product same with Drummond even people want to give up on Drummond and trade Drummond but he's only 23 so I mean you got to really you got to really look at this team and still say they are still the core the 
the three key pieces moving forward to me are Andre Drummond, Stanley Johnson, and Caldwell Pope. I think those are the guys that have the most chance to develop. And Reggie Jackson, obviously, is a very important part of the team. But uh, I think Reggie, kind of last year, Reggie was probably the ceiling of what we'll see from Reggie. And I think he can get back to it when he's fully healthy. So to me, you, you got to look at that core and you got to really, when you're determining the future, you got you to gotta say, you know what? This is such a young team. They still got so much time to figure it out. Yes, you're high on payroll. Yes, you got all these issues. But ultimately, um, I think you should stick with it. And I think I think we're seeing that now. They're starting to turn it around. Um, like like we said, uh, like we said, they're they're um, six. They've won six of their last ten games, and you know they're they're starting to kind of gel together. They've been they've been pretty good since February. So. Um, I'm interested to see where they're at, but to me, Max, I don't know about you, Max, are you ready to lock them in as a playoff team? Um, I have them as ready to lock them in because the other teams I that are below them, even there's two there's two spots left, the seventh and the eighth. There, but I think Detroit is tied with Chicago right now, 31 and 34. So I think yeah. if you if there was one spot left, then I wouldn't be ready to lock them in. But I like to lock them in. Because I think they have, they're deep. I mean, they, uh, uh, I don't, uh, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Pope, Stanley Johnson, um, Ish Smith, Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, and if you even want to throw my boy Boban in there too. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, they, they are very deep. So you would think that they're going to at least make one of these two, uh, get one of these two spots. And so, yeah, I'm, I, I'm ready to lock them in, especially because, I don't know how Reggie Jackson's going to continue to be. I know that Ish Smith gives to me gives them a better chance to win. So I don't know how Stan is going to is going to be when like if he's going to start Ish or he's just going to keep Ish off off the bench cuz even though Ish Smith has a um a plus 2 I think in the plus minus and Reggie Jackson's a minus 4. So I I was going to ask you, I was going to throw this back at you cuz I want to lock them in. But going forward, do you think that Ish Smith should be a starter for them and have Reggie Jackson as a six man or does Reggie Jackson just make too much money in his ego and Stan starts him? Uh, to me, it's clearly the latter. Um, Reggie is definitely an egocentric guy. We've, we've known that since, since his days in OKC when he was a rookie, when he was a rookie and even second year, his first couple years in the league, he was talking about how he wants to be a starter. He wants to be a franchise point guard. So he definitely has that ego. He's not going to want to be a six man. To me, Ish is Ish is a Ish is a starter for a bad team, or a great backup for it for a for a good to great team. I I really like Ish. He's done like you said, uh, like you said, Max. He's done a fantastic job this year. Um, but you gotta you gotta stay with Reggie because I think I think if you move the second you move Reggie to bench and make him sixth man. Outside of maybe if he got re-hurt and you're kind of working him back in type thing, um, outside of that, um, if you if you move Reggie Jackson to the bench, you're basically signaling that you're giving up on him. And when you got four years left, you you gotta you gotta ride it out. And especially in a year where where it seems like it seems like he's just struggling to be to stay healthy, and uh, it just seems like that knee tendonitis is lingering now. I don't know if it's something that's going to linger next year. I don't know if because knee tendonitis is something that can, you know, can almost never go away or it can or it can go away, you know, after after summer of recovery and all that. So it's possible it's possible that the Reggie we're seeing now is the Reggie we'll always see, but I think you got to give it more time. I think this season especially like you're not playing for a championship you're 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 playing you're playing to win yes definitely you're you're playing to win you're you're in a fight for the playoffs um i'm fine with them having ish close games but no you can't start him not with the investment you've given reggie and not with the personality that reggie is i don't think reggie will i don't think reggie's ever been the type to take a backup role and i mean he wouldn't even take a backup role to russ in okc so you can imagine how he feels about being a backup to Ish Smith. Okay, okay. So are you are you also do you do you want to lock him in or do you skeptical a little bit still? Um I'm going to lock him in because uh we'll talk about Chicago next and I'm sure we'll get to Miami too as well. Um I'm 
I, I'm I'm just looking, and I know my Miami's just this force that's coming out of nowhere. We'll we'll talk about them in a minute, but um yeah, to me I I, I like what you said with the fact that there's two spots as opposed to one. If there was one spot, I would say absolutely not because of how inconsistent the Pistons have been. But uh, recently, they've started to kind of hit their stride, and Chicago seems to be losing track a little bit um, here and there. They seem to be they seem to be taking two steps back, then or two or three steps back, and then one step forward. You know, just so that you think that they're they're turning the corner again, and then they're and then they're going backwards again. So they seem like they're definitely on the path of falling out of the playoffs. In in my opinion, um, so yeah, I, I'd say Detroit's a lock, and let's let's jump to Chicago because Max, I just stated, like I said, they're they're five and five in their last ten, but they've lost their last three games as we're recording this, which is Thursday, eight forty seven p.m. Eastern time. For a reference, um, the podcast will be up later tonight, uh, Max. So again, with Chicago, they they seem like they seem like. They seem like they keep taking steps back, and then right when you're ready to write them off, they kind of get the ship right for a game or two, right? It's it that's kind of how it seems, almost, right? Yeah, I mean, they're them and the Pacers. Even though the Pacers are the sixth seed, I mean, the fact that they're two games above 500, that's why I didn't even. I'm gonna lock them in just because they're. I think they'll have to go like lose a lot of games to them to fall out of the playoff race even though they're they went they, the Pacers are this year could win 10 in a row lose 10 in a row it is weird but like it doesn't make sense for me how the Bulls could come out and even though LeBron didn't uh, didn't play could look good on the road against the Cavs and and Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler could get uh almost get triple doubles and then they come and lose to the Magic yesterday or I think their last game and it to me, it does not make sense. Why? I mean, I, maybe they need a point guard because I think they're just uh, they're ball heavy. The, every player that they have needs to have the ball in their hands. Michael Carter Williams can't shoot. Jimmy Butler's an okay shooter. Um, Dwayne Wade's an okay, okay shooter. I think Jaron Grant might be their best shooter. Obviously, the Rondo situation is just. Uh, you know, spiral out of control. Sometimes the other right. day I saw him um, against the Cavs. I saw him play, and he actually did good. And I'm like, okay, what's what is wrong with this kid? Because then he won't play the next game at all. So that's an uh, attitude problem with Rondo. But like, I, I just I think maybe the the lack of shooting that they have, and if people could just clam on him and let them shoot, that's why they regress. And when to me when they traded Todd Gibson and McDermott. I thought that was them saying, okay, we'll see if we make the playoffs. If not, we'll get a draft pick. So I I can't put my, like, finger on them because a team with Dwayne Wade, even though he's older, and a star like Jimmy Butler, who you said the Celtics should have went all in for because that would have pushed him over, you know, the edge and actually challenged Cleveland because you never know who else can get injured. Like, Bogut already got injured for Cleveland, so now they're even yeah. more thin. So to think if somebody like the Celtics would have got a player like Jimmy Butler, who's a star and who could, who looks like he could drop forty any time, that this kind, this team would stick at eighth. But they're suspect, and I would not lock him in at all. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. They're definitely not a lock. Um, you know, I jump back and forth. I I'm ultimately at this point leaning towards predicting them out. And um, just to go back real quick, what you said about Indiana, I agree they're a lock as well. But I will I will say that their position is up for grabs because Detroit and Chicago are both only two games behind, which is kind of a lot of ground to make up in four or five weeks, but still possible nonetheless with, like you said, how inconsistent Indiana is. Um, so just to throw that out there, but yeah, they, they are a lock. So back to Chicago. Um, yeah, I'm I'm taking them out of the playoffs. I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna they're gonna make it at this point. They're hanging on barely by a half a game. But Miami seven and three in their last ten. They have just been unbelievable. All credit to Eric Spolstra, and you know Chicago, Chicago like you said, it's just a mess. They they have all these ball centric players that have to have their ball in their hands to be good. Like Dwayne Wade, yes, Dwayne Wade's a playmaker, but he's he needs a ball in his hands to to be a playmaker, and same with Jimmy Butler. You know, Jimmy Butler can is a pretty good playmaker, but he needs a ball in his hands. And Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler, neither of them, neither of them are good off ball players on offense. And 
you know, you combine that with Rondo, who's essentially useless without the basketball. He's just a he's just a body. And Michael Carter Williams, same goes for him. So to me, it's it, it it's just a it's just a just a just terrible terrible melting pot of ter- of of ingredients and you know it's just this lack of shooting the lack of uh ball handling and and playmaking that they have uh they just don't have any off ball players not only do they not have any shooters but they don't really have off ball players you know like a like a Clay Thompson who can not even just comparing his shooting ability but his ability to run off screens and get open type players they don't even have that too so their offense is just really struggling to me, and you're right. I mean, they beat the Cavs. They beat the Warriors uh, last week, too. Uh, granted, it was without Kevin Durant, but still, the Warriors without Kevin Durant are still really, really good. So, um, you know, and then they followed up with losses to teams like the Magic. So it's very it's, it's very interesting. Um, I think you got to blow it up. I think you got to trade Jimmy. Um, I get why they're not trading him, but I think that, I think that you got to um, you got to trade him for for a few picks and then hope that because Chicago's not a not a team that's gotten a lot of big free agents. I mean, they got Dwayne Wade, but that was a very unique situation. Um, I don't expect them to that type of situation to occur again. So I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Chicago as like this free agent destination. So to me, they got to rebuild through the draft and you know find other players like a Jimmy Butler at twenty uh, twenty one or twenty two, whatever he was. Uh, I forget off the top of my head and uh you know and then get some picks from Boston or whoever they decide to trade them to and, and build through the draft because to me this this is just a mess they have the wrong coach they have the wrong players just I'm I'm out on Chicago that's my rant <laughs> yeah to it, it, just like you just you hit it on the nail on the coffin they're a mess and when even in the free um uh, last in the offseason last year you know they have um, Fred Hoiberg, who came from an Iowa State, uh, coaching Iowa State. And if you watch Iowa State, they are give me the ball, running gun, dish three, go back. You know, that's the style of play. And then you go out, you trade Derrick Rose. I'm like, all right, I understand that he's not a good shooter. Then you bring in Wade, and I think that was more of like, I we need a superstar, Wade's coming home. And then you bring in Rondo, and I'm like, this is not going to work. And at first, the first 10 games or 15 games, I thought, wow, maybe I, I'm wrong. And then they came down to earth when their shooting, when their shooting three started, you know, coming down. Just like, all right, we thought, who, we we knew who they were. Yeah. And now, now you see the struggles. So, I I'm with you. If I'm them, in the off season, if I don't make the playoffs, that's a good win for them. Because now you could think, all right, this draft is very deep. That's coming out right now. They have. They also have the the Kings top ten pick or a pick if it falls outside the top ten. So maybe maybe if they get lucky and the bounce and the balls bounce their way, they'll have two lottery picks. And if they don't make playoffs and they want to blow it up, call call Chicago, call Boston, be like, listen, yeah. I don't, I we, we want to trade him. Now the only thing that they have to worry about is will Boston if Boston gets the number one pick, will they still trade it for Jimmy Butler? And depending how they do this year, I'd probably still do it because a 26-year-old Jimmy Butler versus a 19-year-old who could potentially be a superstar, I think I'll take Jimmy Butler. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Ned, they would have three, maybe four lottery picks, or I mean three lottery picks, maybe four picks in the first round. And Dwayne Wade has an option, so I doubt he picks it up. And if he does, I'm sure he can call Cleveland. Maybe they can trade for him too, you know, to play with LeBron. So <laughs> right. I think – their way of blow, I think their way of not making playoffs will be better for them in the long run. Because let's be real, are they gonna beat the Cavs in the first round? Highly doubt it. No. And all that's gonna do is just make their pick worse. And you don't even know if LeBron, I mean, if Dwayne Wade um, uh, will opt out or not. Because maybe he does opt out and goes to play somewhere else for cheap, you know, for a lesser contract, and make and you know try to win or try to make more money. And now you're SOL because. What if Boston doesn't want to trade you that first pick? So now you're stuck with just Jimmy Butler and who else? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Nikolai? Uh, Nikolai's an okay player, but now you're really going to be behind. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would. I thought they should have blew, blew it up in the, at the trading deadline, but now I really think they should blow it up, and especially if they miss playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that missing the playoffs should be like an end-all, be-all indicator because – 
you're right. Like surface value says that Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade, even at the stages they're at in their career, should be able to propel you to playoffs in a weak Eastern Conference. Um, so, that, so that's a real good indicator that you know things are just terribly, terribly wrong here. We need to blow this up and move on. And um, yeah, and, and I like what you said. I mean, they kind of this seems like the time for Chicago to blow it up because, like you said, if the stars align, they could end up with like four first round picks in the lottery of this year's draft, which is a very deep draft. And hell, if you get four top fourteen picks in this year's draft, a stacked draft class. That's a real nice starting point for uh for Chicago. So I uh, I like what you said there and yeah, I I agree. It's it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but just as far as to get back to on the court right now in the the race for the 8th, man. Um they're just falling cuz I mean, they started the year I think uh I think like a month into the season. I think by the end of November they were they were still in third place in the Eastern Conference, you know, so um, so they're a team that's fallen dramatically and, you know, I expect them to continue to fall and, you know, they'll, they'll show signs where they'll have good games. Like when they beat, like when they beat, uh, Golden State or Cleveland, just because when you have Jimmy Butler and Wade, uh, you know, they can, they can get hot and that can, that can win you the random game here and there. But, um, outside of that, man, yeah, as a team, as a whole, they're, they're just either first round roadkill or they're they're out of the playoffs and to me I'm leaning towards out of the playoffs and to give Bulls some positive because I know we've been bashing the Bulls to give Bulls fans some positive perspective you guys had the 14th pick or you guys were 14 in the lottery and then jumped to one Derrick Rose you're the last team to do that so you know there's hope oh yeah I remember that I was so mad <laughs> I was like How yeah. is they had like one ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I remember too because you know, being a Pistons fan, you know, the Pistons just made it in over Chicago, and I was like, "Yes, we made it." And then I see us get swept by Cleveland, and then I see, then I look over and I see, uh, and then I see, you know, Chicago jump and win the first overall pick, and I'm like, "Man, you know." But um, let's talk about let's talk about Miami, the red hot Heat, um. Probably not the greatest pun, probably a very generic pun, but it works nonetheless because the Miami Heat are scorching right now. Uh, Max, go give me give me your take on Miami. How how are they doing this? I mean, most people that should be a quiz. How many? How can you name seven players off of this roster? <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, probably, it's unreal. Probably not. I was gonna say this is the least deep team that's still in chance to make the playoffs. Because if to the average fan, you couldn't even tell them who like half of these players are. The only two people that would anybody would know is Dragic and then recently Hassan Whiteside. But the rest of the of the players, it's like who? I mean, like Wayne Ellington. Yeah, okay. Luke Babbitt. The guy from the white boy that can shoot threes from Portland, like or from New Orleans. I mean, it's just, I, I don't get it. Tyler Johnson, yeah, he's a nice little guard, but he's nothing special. Uh, yeah. w- uh, Willie Reed, not Willis Reed. I mean, it's just, yeah. Like, maybe they thought they got Willis Reed from the Knicks <laughs> from the seventies. Um, a Coral White who came out of nowhere, and I had no idea who he was until like I was watching Highly Questionable and Dan Lebitard's dad called him Omar White and I was like who is he talking about <laughs> and apparently like ever since he got called up they won I think 10 in a row so that's how I only know him and I mean just and here's the thing too Justice Winslow who I thought was going to be really good and developed to be like not James Harden but maybe like a good two-way player with a good offensive game like James Harden and he has been like MIA this year, and to think that they're, I think they're twenty and four, the last twenty four games, it it's mind boggling to me because I'm not I wasn't the biggest Spolcher fan. I thought okay, let's hold the brakes on him. If you had Dwayne Wade, LeBron James in their prime, you can make any coach could coach them, right? So I, I was that type of dude, and when this season started, you know, and they lost Wade, they lost Budge. I was like, now I'll see how Eric Spolcher is gonna be. And the beginning, I was like, see, I told y'all. <laughs> but now he's like, yeah, I told you. So I've mad props to him. If they make playoffs, he might get coach of the year. 
um, depending on what other teams do, because I think Brad Stevens should also get consideration for that too, because he's Mike like D'Antoni. Oh, Mike D'Antoni, yeah, because I was I didn't even have the Rockets making the playoffs this year. I went uh, my preseason picks to be honest, wow. because I just thought there's too much power in the West. I don't know if this this um, I don't know if they can play defense enough to make it. I had I had the Blazers become being like really good too, who we'll talk about in a little bit, and I had Minnesota becoming good. So I thought somebody had to um, somebody had to drop, and I thought okay, the Rockets. I didn't like Matt D- Mike D'Antoni. He didn't do well with the Knicks. He didn't do well with the Lakers. But apparently, I was wrong on him because he made James Harding into a super superstar at the point guard position. So. I honestly, I think the reserve, uh, the Goring Dragic becoming who he is, who Goring Dragic is, now averaging 20 points, shooting almost 50%, and and balling, and actually doing good, and just the team just playing together. Uh, James Johnson, who's always been a, um, a a guy who's bounced from team to team, but every time he's been on a team. They've been in the playoffs, and you always see that hustle. You always see that guy that likes to uh, rebound, and now he's average. He's averaging, I think, 12 points a game. So he's not even known for his offense, but he's contributing too. Um, I, I, I have no idea who else is doing work for them. But I'll tell you what. This full Dion Waiters. Yes, and I was just about to bring game, up his numbers. Yes. His late-game shot-making, and they're not even been good shots. But he's been throwing them up, uh, throw, hitting the backboard, calling glass, staring <laughs> at the at the fans, you know. And then even yesterday, he they the, he had the ball with 45 seconds left, up four, and he went up for a three, got swiped. The ball got swiped. I had the double clutch and launched it. And I'm thinking, okay, that he are gonna make playoffs when somebody is making. Uh, plays like that and shooting at the end of the game and becoming clutch and no matter what kind of shot it is they're gonna make playoffs and i honestly think that he are gonna jump to the eighth spot because destiny or gotta ride the hot hand because i can't even tell you who the other i mean i could tell you who the other players is but if i had to choose how many players i want from them maybe i think one or two and that's it <laughs> so yeah I, I it's it's crazy yeah that's it it's it's very interesting, man. I'm glad you brought Deion Waiters because I wanted to talk about this guy. Man, did he ball in the month of February? 18 points per game, 42.5% shooting from three, um, 6.3 assists as well with a plus or minus 7.6. With a plus 7.6, that's really great. And even if you want to get into the advanced advanced analytics, um, he he struggled a lot with back to backs. Um, he's, he struggled a lot with back-to-backs, but off of, off of two-day rest, he is plus 30. So if you just give this man, Dion Waiters, some rest, he averages 21 per, points per game. His numbers just skyrocketing. He's a plus 30, uh, which is obviously amazing. But yeah, Dion Waiters is playing incredibly, incredibly well right now for, uh, for Miami. He's, he's starting to kind of tail off just a little bit um but you know but you know Dion Wares is is a very streaky score but once again Eric Spolster just finding the way to bring the best out of each player Goran Dragic like you said we haven't seen this Goran Dragic since Phoenix and uh obviously this is the best we've ever seen Hassan Whiteside considering um and I mean since his heat days because because Eric, again, once again, Eric Spolstra, obviously before before he was kind of out of the league, he was on the Kings and out of the league. Um, but since he's joined the Heat, Eric Spolstra's brought the best out of him. He, I'll tell you what, Rick, Eric Spolstra is reminding me a lot of Rick Carlisle. Not to that level, but he, he kind of just seems to bring the best out of these guys. Rodney Magruder. Tyler Johnson, these guys were questionable NBA players, and now they're getting now they're going to be getting good money. Josh Richardson, these guys were these guys weren't even on NBA teams' radars, you know. Yeah, um, I was just going to say that, bring up that comparison. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Eric Spolstra is reminding me a lot of Rick Carlisle, who no matter who you give him, they're going to be he's going to get the be- he's going to get the most out of them, and they're somehow going to be in the hunt. I mean, uh, we can. We'll talk. I'll talk about the maps too when we get to the West. So, yeah, I think um, Eric Spolster is doing a phenomenal job, and he's made me put my my foot in my mouth. So, 
props to Spolcher. But yeah, Dion Waiters. Now, the only thing about Dion, I don't know if it's because he is in a contract year. And I think he's only making like a couple of million or, or maybe. Yeah, like three million, I, know, I think. After, after taxes. Um, so I don't know how much of a big commitment you can give to him because I like this Dion Waiters, this confident. But sometimes, do you want that kind of a guy who we've seen from the past? When he was with Cleveland, just not really just taking bad shots and um, just, you know, not being at the right place at the right time. Not like this year. And even sometimes, like you said, he's falling down a little bit. And I wouldn't want him to be my main guy, but I like I like him to be confident. I would like that ball in his hand at the end, especially because the way he's doing this year. But if he can make that transition, like how J.R. Smith went from the Knicks to the Cavs and play good defense, Shoot, shoot the three really well, and like uh, commit to what the team is is preaching, and actually like w- actually see that winning is contagious. E- if you drop twenty or if you drop five, I think teams are gonna want that kind of a player on on their squad, especially next year when the salary is gonna get higher, and somebody might take a chance on him. But I don't know if they might think, oh, is this a contract year? Is this why he's playing this way? And this is why like he's not acting up. So I hope maybe this could be a stepping stone for somebody like Dion Waiters who, who could like think, okay, I balled, and I'm going to keep doing this. So um, I hope it's just not a contract year for him. And yeah. the Heat, just they can just do it. I mean, they just, like you said, they have suspect NBA players, and they have players that have gone outright released from other teams, like Wayne Edelton. Um, Josh McRoberts, who people thought was a good pickup, and then LeBron left, and now he was nothing. Willie Reed, I could, I could probably tell you how many D leagues he's been more than he'd been in NBA teams. Uh, Josh right. Richardson, who came out last year, but he wasn't special. So, a Carl White was a call up from D league. So, yeah, you're 100 percent right. Matt props Eric Spolcher for getting the best out of these guys, and I'm gonna put them in the playoffs to be honest with you because 20 and four. Is a hell of a run, and I think they have the. I think they have a better record than the Spurs and the Warriors since, and since January. So, they're gonna they feed the hot hand. They're gonna keep going, and they'll get one of those two spots, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Before we move on to the Western Conference, uh, is there any other team from the East? Uh, Milwaukee, real quickly. Uh, what do you think about them? I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. You think they have a shot, or you think this is just kind of a nice stretch for them? No, I think they have a shot. I thought they would fall off uh, when Jabari got hurt, and I think maybe they might miss him. But I'm not – like, my only lock that I have is from the 7-8 seed is Detroit. Miami, okay. I, I mean, as much as, we, as much as I think they're going to make the playoffs, they're not deep enough for me to give them a lock. And, the, right. and with the Bucks being – talented even you know and they have they're having some of their players coming back and they're healthy except for the exception of Jabari Parker and like you said they've been playing great basketball they've won four in a row um they have Giannis Antetokounmpo who's maybe if they were actually like top four teams or top five teams in the east he would be up there in the top five in a conversation for MVP because his numbers are mind-boggling so I mean you got Greg Monroe. They picked up Terrence Jones, who I thought was a good was a good pickup. So I, I I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna um, say they're done, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like um, iffy between them and Heat. And the only reason I am bet- iffy on the Heat is they're not deep enough. So that's yeah. why I can't give them a lock. And I you know bought, Milwaukee could could make a strong run. Yeah, yeah. I I I agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out just yet. I mean they are. They are a group of young guys, so I think that if they if they can click and lock in, because you see you see young teams go through these spurts where for two three weeks like they just get in the groove, but then they fall out of that groove. Uh, so with Milwaukee and Detroit's on that boat as well, that's a big reason of their inconsistency is just being a young core. Um, so I think guys. Uh, Guys like Giannis, like uh, obviously their rookie Malcolm Brogdon, who's been who's been great for them, who's been a nice addition. They're working Chris Middleton back. Yeah, I wouldn't. They're they're tied with Miami right now in terms of uh, in terms of for, they're tied with Miami for the ninth seed. So they're them as well. So Milwaukee and Miami are both two and a half games out of the seven and eight seed. So there there is two available seeds open with two teams out kind of out. I I think to me. It, 
to me, Charlotte's out. I think they, I think, so I think it's really shrunk down to that four team window between Detroit, Chicago, Miami, Milwaukee. So if you had to predict right now, who, who, who is your final, um, who is, you got Detroit and then who's your other, who's your other prediction to make? Is it Miami, Milwaukee or Chicago? I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I know I hyped up Miami, but I can't see that team staying competitive and maybe they'll, they'll prove me wrong. Wow. And so I'm going to go with the talent. I'm going to go with um, who could, to me, who could, who has the best player out of all those teams. Right. And as much as I love Jimmy Butler, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player out of those four teams remaining. So I'm going to go with Detroit and Milwaukee and Asterisk, whoever plays the Knicks, because, you know, the Knicks suck. Sorry, <laughs> I had to throw my team out like that. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with Detroit and Milwaukee. Yeah. All right. All right, yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Detroit and Miami as my two. Uh, so let's transition to the West. The West is the West is a smaller um, seed. So first off, let's start with the New Orleans Pelicans are four and a half games out. Um, Max, to you, it seems like to me, I'm I'm ready to say that they're out. You think they're out? They're out. I mean, I think the trade for Boogie. As much as I liked it, and as much as I thought, you know, they might have a chance. Uh, I didn't. I mean, it's just you got to give a, a player like Demarcus and Anthony Davis, who are both seven footers, even though they can shoot, even though they can handle the ball, and they can spread the floor. I think you got to get those two type of players enough time to work with each other, because you can tell some of some of the plays that they've run, especially late game situation against the Spurs when they lost in overtime. You can tell that's like, oh man, these guys need to play more. And what sucks is like. When the the trading deadline for the NBA comes at such a late season or a late a late time in the season, that you have I think what the end of February, so you only really have March and April, right? Like twenty to twenty five games remaining, so it's really hard to um, adjust to two ball heavy two superstars to come together, especially if they almost play similar positions, similar style, just like when LeBron and my Dwayne Wade teamed up. They went, I think, eight and nine the first 17 games, if I'm not mistaken, because they needed to get used to each other. Because they played the same style, they played the same way, um, they played this almost similar position. So, I don't think that's going to be enough for them to come back and take one of the spots. Because they got to leap, I think, three or four teams. Hey, they, they they're even behind the Sacramento Kings for goodness sakes right now. So, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although the Kings are quickly catching them, uh, they're on a six-game losing streak. Lost three, or <laughs> lost seven of their last ten. Yeah, they're they're just the Kings are the Kings, man. We had that podcast already. We had that discussion. Let's move on. Um, so, so yeah, so I agree with you. I think the Pelicans are out. Um, and I swear to God, if I see any fans tweet me saying, you know, oh, see, this is why this is why they shouldn't have went for Boogie. They were closer to the playoffs without him. Uh, just stop it. Stop it. You got you got a franchise level player. Just shut up, be happy, and enjoy the offseason. And who knows, maybe you jump uh you jump Sacramento and get that top three protected because right now they are the um as records go, they're the uh they're the seventh they're the uh no, sorry, the sixth lowest team in um so I mean, really, it it's very plausible they make the jump into top three right now. They would be if they would be they would have the six uh, highest odds at the number one overall pick. So um, yeah, New Orleans is in New Orleans is in great situation if they if they keep losing out and they get that pick. Oh man, oh man, that's a mess for Sacramento. Um, oh my God, that would I would want I would tell Bloody Yo pack up and go right now. I'm not gonna wait a year and a half because. <laughs> Yeah. We, I, we even talked about it. Why is that pick even protected number one, let alone top three? You know, that should have been unprotected, period. Yeah. That would be so horrible for the Kings. Yeah, that, I agree. That would be that would be horrible. But that's that's something we already discussed. So as far as the playoff goes, um, between Portland, Portland and Dallas are neck and neck. Um, they're each, uh, Portland is a game out, Dallas is a game and a half out, Dirk just scored his 30,000 career points, so shout out to Dirk, because that was a huge, uh, that's a huge milestone, and he's one of the greats in the game, um, what about, what about Minnesota, if we're moving, if we're just moving up the list, uh, they're number 11 in the standings there, they are, uh, two and a half games back, you think, you think Minnesota's out? 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have them out. They were to me my biggest disappointment um, yeah. from both the East and the West. I had them in the playoffs. Um, I me thought too. they were gonna uh, they were gonna just come out and ball, especially with Tibbs. Maybe they yeah. play better defense. They got Levine. You got to me the best young player in the NBA right now with Carl Anthony Towns, who's an absolute monster. They got Jokic Wiggins, is making a run for his money though. Yeah, that's Jokic true. Jokic is but, yeah. Jokic is balling oh, I know. right and now. Then, I know, man. Who I, I had no idea where he came from. He's getting triple doubles. Like, okay, Westbrook, like, relax. <laughs> I think he has the second most triple doubles since February. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Westbrook's number one. So, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, he's made, he's giving him a run for his money. But to me, it's just Towns just is a freak, man. He's a seven-footer who can put the ball on the ground, has a step back, can drive. Could catch lobs, could shoot the three. I mean, he's all, and can play some good defense. He's almost the perfect package. So that's why I'm I'm a big fan of Towns. Um, they got Wiggins, Levine going down hurt them a little bit. I honestly thought they'd be a lot better. They they're coming around now, but I feel like it's too late. Yeah. If they didn't just if they played better basketball in the second half and the first half of the season, because they blew so many leads. And I was yeah. just like, maybe this team is not ready yet. Maybe they're still too young. I mean, Towns only twenty, Levine's only twenty, I think. Wiggins only twenty-one. So maybe they needed this one year to lose those games that they were ahead in, and then next year they make that big push. So I don't think they'll have. They'll, there's enough time for them to uh, catch the eighth seed. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. It's just it seems like too little too late and it's unfortunate because I also had them as an AC going into the playoffs um, in my preseason podcast. And yeah, you know, you spoke on it. Um, I was all in on the Tibbs hype too. And, you know, obviously the Zach Levine injury changed things, but they've been better actually since he's been hurt. Um, It'll be interesting to see uh, both when Zach Levine comes back and how he comes back and how he's integrated. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Minnesota being out right now just you know, not their season. They 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 clearly just need uh, another season to gel and you know to develop and grow. Uh, Dallas and Portland is where it gets interesting because Portland, you know, it was like it was like last year or at the beginning of the year. Um, at the beginning of the year, Portland seemed like a lock to make the playoffs. Right? They seemed like they seemed like a lot of to a lot of people they overachieved, and I was in that camp of Portland overachieved last year. But at the same time, it was very hard to imagine a scenario where they might where they might miss the playoffs outside of like injuries. And you know, Portland's there right now. I mean, they're on the outside looking in. Uh, Max, what do you what do you think of what do you think of Portland and their situation? I I agree. I had Damian Lillard as my MVP this year over Russell Westbrook in the preseason because I thought he was just gonna come out balling. He was just going to put on the show. Um, I think that he didn't, because he hasn't been an all-star. He hasn't been picked for USA. Maybe that will make him even more hungrier. CJ McCollum is a stud. Um, I like the Evan Turner pickup as a six-man. I thought they had a lot. They, they, did, they got more pieces. Obviously, that hasn't really worked out, and he's coming back from an injury, so who knows how he's going to play. But I like that they're coming off strong. You you know they're they're winning now and I don't know what kind of offense they're running re- recently but they've been putting up some buckets. I yeah. think they scored 130, 113, 114, 126 and they've been they beat um, OKC twice at home and on the road and they're taking care of business against the bad teams right. Um, yeah. They they beat the they also beat the Nets. They had a tough game against the Pistons on the road. So to me, even though they lost that game in overtime. I still think that the fact that it went to overtime on the road, that it's so on a sign that they're not just like getting blown out and they're not playing bad. Um, they so to me, I like Portland uh, catching Denver ahead of Dallas because I just don't think Dallas has enough. I, I know Dirk is balling. Shout out for his 30k. Uh, Yogi <laughs> Ferrell's it's coming, but like I don't see that team really good defensively. And I don't see them. I think Dallas is good for the future. Like we, we both love the the Noel pickup, and uh, we think where Carlisle might turn could turn him into a Tyson Chandler, but in the future. But um, defensively, I don't see it. Yogi Ferrell is, is too small for the for that position. I don't know if you know they'd be able to, he'd be able to stay in front of these point guards. Same with Seth Curry. He's not a very good defender. I'm not saying that 
Portland's good defend a uh, good defensively either, but I'd rather take Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, two of the probably best players in the West, over Dallas, who has an Asian superstar and Dirk, and no one really to be that Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. So I actually like uh, the, the Trailblazers to um, come on strong and, and get that eighth seed. Yeah, and um, I was gonna lead into like you know Dallas over Dallas over Portland. So I'm glad you I'm glad you took it that way. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you in the whole Dallas versus Portland thing. Rather, uh, I I agree that Portland should be the favorite, but you know what, man? There's just something about that Rick Carlisle magic that we that we, that same magic that Eric Spolstra is harnessing in Miami is what uh, is what what Rick Carlisle has been mastering and creating and mixing in a pot, whatever, whatever that pot is in Dallas, man, he's been, he's been really just bringing something out of all these guys, uh, Yogi Ferrell, Seth Curry, uh, all these guys, they kind of took flyers on Wes Matthews having the nice bounce back. Harrison Barnes is Harrison Barnes is, is going to be nice there. I think he's going to, he needs to find time to grow. Um, but I, I think he'll definitely he'll definitely grow under Carlisle. Nerlens no, Noel rather is a great pickup as well for them. So I, I agree. They, they Dallas seems like a team that's set for the future more so than the present, and that's why I would give Portland the advantage. But honestly, uh, Max is as we kind of as we kind of get to bring this podcast to a close. Um, I guess we'll lead it down to now. Because there's really only one seed of available between uh, in the in the Western Conference to say seed, um, who are you going with? It's it's almost a toss up at this point. Portland versus Denver. Who do you got? I I like Portland and and basically on the experience that they had from making a, a nice little run last year. Um, I love Dem- Denver's been coming on strong, but I feel like they're too young. They're not there yet. But like you said, when I brought up Towns. And you brought up uh, Joker. I call him Joker. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's been balling. He's having triple doubles. And Jamal Murray might be the rookie of the year because obviously who else are you going to pick? Joel Embiid, he's 31 games. He's not going to – I don't think he should win, but that's another story. So, the, you know, they have, you know, Wilson Chandler. They have a nice squad. But I still think that the Blazers would – again, they have two of the best players in the West – they they might have the two best players out of all those teams that are more experienced that have been there that are already like you know Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum I don't know who else I would take over them between the teams that are left fighting for the eighth spot and um I've, not just them but uh, the pick the guy that they got from Denver uh what the heck yeah. is his name Nurkic Nurkic yeah he's been balling too yeah. so he's actually provided them with a little spark too down low and that has helped them. Uh, better rebound, have that like back to the basket player that they kind of missed with when when the Marcus left. So he's been a good pickup for them too, a sneaky little nice pickup. So I think I would like to take them ahead of Denver, and just because I just don't think Denver is there yet. They, I think maybe they're a year or two away. And uh, props to Malone who like got let go from the Kings for I don't know why, and he's having them playing great basketball. And we could just say who we like right now, and I, we can just talk about the schedule, who's left, but the thing with the NBA, too, is we're not going to know who is going to be resting, right? The teams yeah. that already make playoffs, like the Warriors, are they going to be resting people, and what they and who are they going to be resting against? Because Denver could make the playoffs solely because the games that they have left against teams that, oh, we're going to rest our superstars, so here's a game for you to win, right? It's not like the NFL or um, or, or MLB where it's just like, there's so many games that you can actually like have a good conversation of who you think is going to go to the top when the last 20 games especially the last five the last five games or the last two weeks then we could actually look at the schedule if they're neck and neck and see okay they're playing the warriors the warriors have the one or two seed locked they're coming on a back-to-back are they really going to play uh curry or clay you know what i mean so the resting issue too might come into play for who goes on but i'm going to choose the blazers yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you and go with Denver because of what you hit on. You said, you know, with Dame and CJ being the best players, I'm sorry, give me Jokic all day over either of them. Um, not even just in terms of future, but right now, Jokic is just sensational. Um, 
I like Chandler. I like Gallinari. I like all the pieces they got. Um, I like Plumlee as a backup center. I still think he's trying to find his niche, but uh, I think I think he will. I think he'll continue to be incorporated. Jamal Murray. I can see why you're going Portland though, because they have a lot of their core from last year's playoff run still intact, with a few upgrades and a few tweaks, like uh, like Nurkic, Evan Turner. I don't know if you call him an upgrade, but you know he's obviously out now. Um, but yeah, I I just I I think it's I think there's something about Denver. I think it's just kind of the the way they're playing. I like I like how Jokic is is running is running the team. He's running he's running the offense very well. He's he's been a great playmaker and it's really freed up their offense. The the question to me is can Denver become uh can Denver improve defensively? That's where my issue is right now with Denver as a team. Um, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them become a better. Uh, I'd like to see them become a better defensive team before I lock them in. But if you had to ask me right now who to choose, I would say, I would say I would give the slight edge to Denver. I just I think they're deeper, and I think they have. Uh, well, well, Portland has has two stars. I think that Denver has the greatest star, the greatest player of of the two teams, and I think that Jokic has just got a nice supporting cast of 10, 12-plus deep players uh, on, on the roster. Yeah, I mean, you're, I, 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 like I said, he came out of nowhere, and Joker has been freaking monster. So, yeah, I can see why... I can see why you say that because I think, too, he, unlike Damian, this is my criticism of Damian because he's one of my favorite players. Him and Kawhi are, like, my favorite players. He Does he really make everyone around him better? And that's still up for debate, right? It's like the Carmelo right. debate. Does he really make anybody around him better? Whereas Jokic is making everyone around him better. He's that big that knows how to dish. And with you, when you have snipers like Kalinari and Jamal Murray, um, yeah, they're going to be open for threes. And they're and they can shoot the ball, so I can I can see why you think he's the best player out of the four. Yeah, and so there you have it. Uh, once again, to recap, I have Denver in the eighth seed in the West, and then in the Eastern Conference, I have Detroit and Miami making the playoffs. You have in the Eastern Conference Detroit and Milwaukee, and for the eighth seed, you have Portland. Uh, so Max, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell them where they can find you at Twitter in case they missed it last time? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at hot at hotter two. That's H A U T E R two. Um, I'm always tweeting twenty four seven, whether it's basketball, football. I guess because of free agency, so I'm I'm up to date on Twitter. It's kind of like an addiction, to be honest with you. So <laughs> come find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Max. Thank you for coming on. Um, as always, as always, you're a great guest. Uh, real quick before we go, you guys can find all my content on uh, on my Twitter at, or Facebook. And um, by Facebook, I'm just Chris Platty. And my Twitter handle uh, for Twitter, I'm I'm Chris Platty, and you can find me at Crispy1132. That's C H R I S P Y 1132. In there, you will find a link to both my podcast um on itunes as well as my podcast on podbean it's the same podcast uh both my hip-hop and nba are on each channel it's just pod podbean has the complete catalog whereas itunes only has the last 20 i've released um i'm looking into seeing i'm looking into talking with itunes seeing if i can get all of my content up there um for those of you that missed some of the old stuff but anything i've ever done is on my podbean so you can go there and um you can laugh at you can listen to my preseason podcast and laugh at me for my hot takes on that, and um, or you can or you can you know check out check out some of the some of the hip hop stuff from early on that I did. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I just dropped the strictly hip hop episode today with GT, and I'm going to upload this one tonight as well. I'm sorry it's coming too late. We're finishing recording around 9:30 p.m. on Thursday. And this is Eastern Time, 9.30 p.m. Um, so, Max, once again, thank you for coming on. And, you know, as, a, as always, you're, you're, a great, you're a great co-host. You're a great guest on the podcast, man. So thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. All right, Max. Take care.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.